Hey everybody, what's happening? This is Kent Chevalier. I want to welcome you to the False Jesus Podcast, where together we explore cultural misconceptions about Jesus and Christianity and have some good dialogue back and forth about what it is that we're learning within our culture, some of the things that are going on that we might be able to address with what Jesus said about himself. Again, you're not taking my word for it in this podcast. You're taking Jesus' word for it always. So I'm excited that we're going to talk today about deconstruction. And so we're going to unpack that in this podcast. I've got a creative piece at the end of it, and then an organization that I would love for you to check out and be a part of, especially as we're getting into Super Bowl week. So without further ado, I'm excited to bring to you today the podcast, Encouraging Deconstruction. Taken at face value, the word deconstruction is a literary analysis of a text and its meaning, a breaking down to get to the significance of something written or spoken. However, deconstruction has become a very loaded term today in our culture. Deconstruction is now the popular spiritual buzzword within today's mainstream Christian culture. This word might be newer to some with the rise of social media as we're hearing more often about Christian celebrities deconstructing and leaving their faith, or forecasting of an entire generation deconstructing their faith and leaving the church. However, it's been around for a long time in America, and its sentiment has been around for thousands of years reaching across the globe. While the word deconstruction is newer in the 2000s, the process of questioning faith in Jesus and the beliefs of Christianity is as old as the movement itself. In fact, a doubter named Thomas was a part of Jesus' original ministry team, and he demanded solid physical evidence before he would believe in Jesus' resurrection. See John 20, 24-31. You can read about people who were following Jesus, but then after hearing him preach a really hard sermon that they didn't agree with, they left him. They stopped following Jesus. See John 6, 25-66. Even Jesus' own family struggled to believe in the validity of Jesus' claims, having grown up with him. See John 7, 1-5. See, the practice of questioning Christianity and disagreeing with Jesus and his teachings is all over the pages of the New Testament of the Bible. Deconstruction might be today's buzzword, but it's simply history repeating itself. People have been deconstructing Christianity and their belief in Jesus for thousands of years. This is just the new remake of the old movie. So it's with fear and trembling before God that I want to put a new spin on both the old movie and the new buzzword. Have you ever considered that Jesus would welcome the deconstruction of today's mainstream version of himself and cultural Christianity? I want to ask that question slowly. Have you ever considered that Jesus would welcome the deconstruction of today's mainstream version of himself and cultural Christianity? I think Jesus would encourage deconstruction. And to be frank, that's what I've been doing over the last year as we've journeyed together. This little passion project called False Jesus 
exists to examine the cultural misconceptions about Jesus and Christianity, both inside the church and for those who don't follow Jesus. My hope with this podcast is to represent the Jesus of the Bible to those who are willing to listen. And on this journey, we've discovered together that some things that we learned about Jesus as kids were simply not true. We've also learned some things that maybe we were never taught growing up, and and we wouldn't have known these truths unless we did a deep dive into what Jesus said about himself. And as a result of examining the scriptures for ourselves and not just taking somebody else's word for it, we've been surprised in some instances that our childhood or college version of Jesus and Christianity does not equal the real Jesus and his original teachings. The Jesus that we see in mainstream media and political rallies is a false Jesus. So welcome to my ongoing process of deconstruction, if that's what you want to call it. See, we've been asking hard questions in this podcast, wrestling with culture's misrepresentation of Jesus, and we've been examining Jesus' claims about himself. We've been looking at the difference between the movement of Christianity when compared to world religions. We've asked age-old questions, including the legitimacy of Jesus. But now let me take it one step further. I think an argument could be made that Jesus led the first deconstruction movement. With his very life and the groundbreaking teaching in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through 7, Jesus broke down thousands of years of Jewish and religious tradition, and he preached a new way. As Jesus dismantled certain man-made religious laws, rabbinical teachings, and wayward motives, he also claimed to fulfill God's initiated and long-standing prophecies. So Jesus' life, teaching, and ministry turned an entire religious system on its head in just a few short years. How's that for deconstruction? Now, this is where I have to be very careful to be absolutely clear, lest you think that I'm a heretic. We have to focus on those two terms in deconstruction. God-initiated versus man-made. Let me say that again. God-initiated versus man-made. Huge distinction. Massive implications. In the Sermon on the Mount... Jesus draws a clear difference between what is God-initiated and man-made. And in essence, in the sermon, Jesus keeps what God initiated with his people in the first place, and he throws out all the extra rules and behaviors that were made and modeled by men. And he highlights a God law, and then he explains the heart behind it. But he throws out the man law, if you will, and exposes the motive behind it. So Matthew 5 records Jesus saying several times, you have heard that it was said, but I say. So he's basically saying, you've heard it taught, and then he goes on to quote the law that God downloaded to Moses. And he doesn't disagree with it. That's important. But he expounds on it with its original meaning. Jesus, in fact, ups the ante on the heart behind the law. For example, 
The heart behind you must not murder is that you and I should not kill people. Yes, but Jesus even went deeper when he said we shouldn't even have hate in our hearts for anyone. We should have God's desire for reconciliation of relationships. This is Matthew 5, 21 to 24. That is at the heart of God's law. Another example is the heart behind you must not commit adultery as the healthy pursuit of purity and love, not the corroding cycle of lust and its consequences. This is Matthew 5, 27 to 30. Jesus reveals God's care for us when he expounds on the heart behind that law. See, Jesus not only dissects the law with the heart behind it, but then he goes on to call out the behavior of the religious individuals who are completely missing the point of the law and the heart of God by heaping all of these extra and unnecessary expectations on people. And does that not sound familiar? Is that not what most people are deconstructing Christianity for today and centuries past? See, in my conversations with people who are deconstructing their Christian faith, most of them are not leaving because of Jesus. They're leaving because of his followers and how they are missing the point. They're leaving because of bad church experiences. They're leaving because churches teach more about political positions than passages of scripture. They're leaving because of pastoral abuse. They're sick and tired of the traditions and the church infighting that is more prevalent than the heart of God. See, Jesus was the master deconstructor of religious and institutional hypocrisy and man-made preferences and traditions. Jesus tore down that type of behavior of man-made religious systems and showed people the way of God, the way of love. See, I believe that Jesus deconstructed what was man-made and fulfilled what was God-initiated. Jesus tore down these cultural and acceptable religious interpretations of those laws, and then he built back the original meaning of God's law through his teaching and through his life. He dismantled the years of religious baggage and presented God's covenantal desire for a relationship with him and with each other. What I love about Jesus' model of relational discipleship is that he welcomed good questions and tough conversations from his students. He asked hard questions and thought-provoking questions in his teachings, and he encouraged people to wrestle with their doubts. A good exercise might be for you and me to read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and highlight every time a person asked Jesus a tough question. And then, when Jesus asked a difficult question in return. See, the point is this. Jesus is not afraid of our hard questions. Jesus is not anxious over our doubts. Jesus is not nervous about people deconstructing or even leaving the Christian faith. But before you think I'm crazy, let me show you. John 6, 21 through 59 records a fascinating and hard-to-understand sermon from Jesus. And in it, he calls out people for simply showing up and following him for the show. Signs and wonders is what they want. They want also more food. 
See, Jesus had just miraculously fed the 5,000, which, as we've talked about, is probably more like 15 to 20,000 people because they only counted the men there. So he just fed the 5,000 the day before, and now the people are back for more. Well, Jesus, he gave them a lot more than what they actually came for. Jesus taught them a really hard-to-swallow sermon about him being the Messiah and the bread of life. He taught that people would have to eat his body and drink his blood, which was a foreshadowing metaphor that many of them apparently took literally. And, and they came to the conclusion that Jesus was some sort of cannibal cult leader. And this put them over the edge. So take a look at verse 60 through 67. And I want us to focus on the questions between Jesus and his disciples. Many of his disciples said, this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? So Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining. So he said to them, does this offend you? Then, then what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven again? These are great questions, by the way, right? See, the Spirit alone, Jesus goes on, gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But some of you do not believe me. For Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe, and he knew who would betray him. Then he said, that's why I said that people can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. And at this point, watch this, everybody. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, Are you also going to leave? So I just want to stop right here so that we can see that many of Jesus' disciples chose to leave him. After hearing that sermon, they questioned Jesus. They doubted his claims. They could not accept that Jesus was the Messiah, and they would no longer follow his teachings. They, on the spot, deconstructed their faith and their trust in him, and they chose to leave the movement. And this is heartbreaking. It's tough to read, let alone experience it firsthand. It is devastating to see people who've grown up in the church deconstruct their faith experience and then leave. I hate it. It is rough to watch people go through this process of dismantling the hard teachings of Jesus and then choose to leave the church. But here's the thing. I want us to notice something here. Did you see how Jesus responded? I believe that it's more fascinating than the sermon itself. Jesus turned to the 12 apostles whom he had chosen, and he asked them a question, a massive question, a shocking question, a deconstructing question. He asked, are you also going to leave? Hold up, Jesus. Wait, that, that is crazy. Did, did you just give your closest followers permission to leave the movement? Did Jesus give them an out after following him and seeing the miracles and hearing him teach? Did Jesus really just ask that question, are you also going to leave? Yes. Yes, he did. This was, I believe, a massive watershed moment here where Jesus encouraged them 
to take all that they had seen, all that they had heard from him, and to weigh it very carefully. He gave them a choice, stay or go. This is where the rubber meets the road, fellas. It's time to put up or shut up. Are you in or out? Think hard before you make the leap. Jesus encouraged everybody. Listen, he encouraged even his closest followers to critically think about who they were following, what they believed, and what they were getting themselves into. And I believe that Jesus at that moment instigated his own students' consideration with this incredibly hard question of what you and I might now call deconstruction. Now, I don't know if Peter's answer was instantaneous or if he took some time to consider it before speaking. Was it a gut reaction or was it carefully weighed? But in response to Jesus' question, Peter asked a question and then he immediately answered his own question. Watch this. He replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. John 6, 68 and 69. See, this is a very different response than the first group who decided to walk away from Jesus. Peter, on behalf of the 12, said, we believe, we're in, we're going to continue to follow you, Jesus. And here we have two radically different deconstruction responses to Jesus' teachings and his questions. We see both groups given the same opportunity to carefully consider following Jesus. Both groups were encouraged to really think before they made their decision. Both groups had the choice to walk away from Jesus. One group does, the other does not. And all I simply want us to see is that Jesus made room for what we now call deconstruction. He wants people to examine his life and his teachings very carefully. His model of discipleship and his sermons were full of great questions. Jesus encouraged people to bring their questions to him, and he addressed their doubts. This is what I absolutely love about Jesus. But in the same breath, it makes me wonder if our model of discipleship in our churches today allows for this same kind of questioning and wrestling? Do we give people a forum to ask hard questions about Jesus and Christianity? Do we allow people to bring their doubts out into the open for good conversation? And when people do feel comfortable enough to ask and doubt, are they met with love and grace or ridicule and disdain? See, I believe if Jesus gave his disciples the opportunity for deconstruction, our churches should make it safe for people to do the same with us. The Apostle Paul encouraged the church in 1 Thessalonians 5.21 to test everything that is said and then hold on to what is good. And I wonder what would happen in our churches today if Christians created a safe space for this kind of testing. I wonder what would take place if we gave people an opportunity to ask the really hard questions about Jesus and Christianity within good civil dialogue. I'm really curious about a model where skeptics would be encouraged to deconstruct openly 
while being challenged to study the real Jesus and his teachings in the pages of the Bible and not just take somebody else's word for it. The reality is this. They still might walk away from Jesus and his teachings, but at least it wouldn't be because of the harmful behavior of people in his church. Before you go, this False Jesus podcast is all about fixing our eyes on the real Jesus of the Bible. Terms like deconstruction can be so divisive in our culture when they're not explained or they're not fully understood. And my simple desire in this podcast is to unify us on Jesus and what he taught. My hope by bringing this perspective today is to encourage you to keep asking questions about God, Christianity, Jesus, and the Bible. And after hearing this podcast today, you don't agree with me? You know what? That's okay. My stake in the ground has always been and will continue to be. Do not take my word for it. Take God's word for it. Follow Jesus, not me. Consider Jesus' teachings, not mine. Test everything I say according to the Bible and follow the lead of Jesus. And if genuinely testing and asking good questions means that you and I are deconstructing, then I think Jesus would encourage it. So bring your concerns to Jesus. Ask him to show you the answers. Read what he has already revealed in the Bible and ask the tough questions. Don't ever stop bringing your doubts because the real Jesus is not afraid of your deconstruction. If you've been with me for a while, you know that in every False Jesus podcast, I love to include a creative piece. And this one today is an excerpt of a song written by Grammy-winning rapper Lecrae on his Church Clothes 4 album. I suggest that you Google this, find it on, you know, Apple, you know, and and really listen to the words. Watch the lyrics uh, to this song by Lecrae called Deconstruction. This is just a portion of it. Tears streaming as I weep felt I heard the Lord speak. I've been running from you, but you never ran away from me. It was people that hurt me. It wasn't God, though. I let the church trauma turn into a God wound. I learned the Western world has twisted up the scriptures, so when I re-enlisted, I learned the Eastern context the way that Jesus meant it. And my peace has been cemented. My soul has been relifted. My deconstruction ended. Reconstruction is beginning. My peace has been cemented. My soul has been relifted. My deconstruction ended. Reconstruction is beginning. Find your way back home. I encourage you to hit that entire song called Deconstruction by Lecrae. With every False Jesus podcast, I love to suggest an organization or a ministry that you may want to consider. So if you are a person of faith and a sports fan or an athlete or know someone who is, then you have to check out Sports Spectrum, where sports and faith connect. 
Led by my friend Jason Romano, who was an Emmy Award-winning producer and senior manager at ESPN, Sports Spectrum is an incredible ministry full of podcasts, magazines, devotionals, and videos for athletes and fans of all ages. When you visit SportsSpectrum.com, you'll hear podcasts of your favorite players and coaches, their testimonies. You'll read thousands of God-first articles from professional athletes, and you'll see amazing videos videos about the intersection of sports and faith that you can share with all of your friends. I highly encourage you to check out Sports Spectrum and all of their content today. All right, everybody, that's all I have for you today on this episode of the False Jesus Podcast. As always, if you think this podcast episode would be helpful to anyone, man, I would love if you would share that out with them and and maybe just consider posting it on your social media, whatever that is, to get more people to listen and focus in on examining the real Jesus of the Bible. I would appreciate your help with that. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you next month.